You are now listening to The Junk and Jam Hour Online Radio Broadcast With your on-air host Christopher Albert He is going to amaze you Surprise you Or sadly underwhelm you That's for you to decide In the meantime Stay tuned It's The Junk and Jam Hour With Christopher Albert As heard only on Radio Free Brooklyn Which means it's Monday And some of you are still white girl wasted I guess you can be black girl wasted too But that sounds racist So we'll just say white girl wasted Yeah White girl wasted Right here on The Junk and Jam Hour Hello everyone Happy Monday You are listening to the Junkin' Jam Hour. I'm your host, Christopher Albert, and we are brought to you, hello, by Radio Free Brooklyn. That is the nonprofit, nonprofit community organization and freeform internet radio station streaming original content uh, by New York City artists, broadcasters, journalists, uh, DJs, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, I am here with a very special guest today. Um, we're going to get some fancy music on. Now... Uh, her body of work includes NBC's Shades of Blue, HBO's Show Me a Hero, and the Academy Award-nominated documentary film I Am Not Your Negro. That's the powerful film that focuses on the insights of the late, great James Baldwin. Uh, Sein- she's appeared on Seinfeld's Comedian in Cars Getting Coffee, and she was not getting coffee. Um, <laughs> she's getting no one's coffee. Okay. Right. Uh, she has also uh, has appeared on Discovery ID's The Perfect Murder. Yes. She is not only the host of the industry-inspired web series Hashtag Actors Life, but she also stars and has produced her own web series, Sex Tea Ladies. Please help me welcome actress, host, producer extraordinaire, Shumaria Harris. Hello. Yes, honey. You better do that intro, okay? <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, uh, we're going to get to know all about you. All right. But first, um, I we have a little segment that we do at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick. Okay. So we're going to get into that. This segment I call... Not so fake, really weird news. Yes, not so fake, really weird news. Okay. So, um, obviously there's plenty going on mm-hmm. in the world. So, um, I pull up these just news items. Maybe you have heard them or maybe you have not. Okay. And we'll discuss them real quickly. Okay. All right. Um, now, a couple uh, from mm-hmm. Santa Ana, California, mm-hmm. uh, was looking forward to spending a quiet night away at an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. So um, they it was listed as a romantic getaway. Okay. Um, until they got there, it's late, they're cozying up, and they noticed something was off about the smoke detector that was positioned in front of the bed. So Christian, that was his name, and his girlfriend, Alondra. 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 Hey, Alondra. <laughs> hey, boo. Now, though they were promised a cozy and romantic getaway, 
What happened? They realized that the smoke detector was, in fact, a hidden camera. Oh, wow. I figured that's what you was getting at. Yeah. So they conf- now, because it was late, they decided to confront the homeowner in the morning. Mm-hmm. So that's what they did the next morning. And they called the police. Mm-hmm. Now, according to Garden Grove Police, the smoke detector was a hidden camera. Mm-hmm. However, it was not on. Therefore, nothing was recorded. And so as a result, no criminal oh, yeah. act was technically done. You know, it, was, it wasn't committed. So um, with that, Airbnb did give the couple, they provided them with a refund mm-hmm. for their one night stay. Mm-hmm. But the couple still believe that more should have been done because they feel like the room had a camera in it. Maybe it was off when they were there. Right. But... Um, there were at least 20 other, 24 other people who left reviews staying in that room who might not have known. Oh, wow. So um, they are considering taking legal action against the homeowner and Airbnb. Have you Airbnb before? I have not. Oh, you haven't? No, but um, I don't know. I've always been a little kind of... Uh, iffy about it I guess yeah because of things like that like yeah. you never know what I mean, they have it like, could be the like... same thing with a hotel now That's I've true. done it me and my husband we've done it mm-hmm. um, when we first moved out to LA we were just like oh we have to look for a place but we need a place to stay yeah and we ended up being really good friends with the person that hosted us okay but it just turned out that you know her place was lovely she was lovely but you mm-hmm. never know what you're gonna get That's so true yeah. That's so true um, I mean, yeah, I would, I would file charges too, <laughs> because yeah, let's say the camera was off, like you know when I stayed there, and then me and my partner stayed there, or whatever. But who's to say the next yes. people who you know um, who decide to occupy the space, the camera might be on. on the them. camera might be on. You know, you know and um, and maybe be- they were just gross. She was like, no, I don't want to record you guys. <laughs> I'm not recording Christian. <laughs> maybe it's like you know what? I'm gonna skip y'all. I'm gonna skip y'all. You pass. Okay. I'm gonna take a pass on this. <laughs> right. No crime committed tonight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so one more I have for you. So in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever visit down south? We love Virginia. I do. I do. I um, I'm from Alabama, of course. That's right. So I go home uh, at least once a year. At least once a year, you yeah. have to. Of course. So, um, in Virginia, uh, Vanessa Klein, a 32-year-old <laughs> woman, hello. Um, she was arrested <laughs> for allegedly charging ninety-three thousand dollars on a credit card that was issued to her. By her employer. <laughs> oh wow! So she charged that on a company car. Yeah, but she was a bookkeeper there, so you know she knew. Oh, she could finesse it. She knew how to finesse it. She right. knew how to cook it. So, um, but the owner, of course, found out. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what the personal transactions included. It went to two thousand dollars was spent on a bridal gown. Oh, hers. Okay. Um, twenty-five thousand dollars for wedding planning service, and of course, I'm assuming the venue. You're right. Right. I hope it wasn't just for the planning. Uh, right. <laughs> um, seventy-two hundred dollars butt lift. Whoa, seriously? Yeah, Vanessa was getting it in. Oh my um, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, they even told she went to Elite Plastic Surgery in Miami, Florida. So of course. Okay. She had some other expenses. Oh, right. To pay for going there. she had to go there. down there? Yes. Uh, clothing, fragrances, furniture, Whoa. travel tickets, obviously, and an ATV. 
um is that like a little moped what is yeah, that yeah, 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 yeah atv is like yeah pretty much like a little moped she was going on her honeymoon in style okay <laughs> um so Brought according to you by my personal employer but, yes. hey, hey, thank you job thank you employers okay Talk about a bonus. Right. <laughs> now, she also paid... Uh, oh, yes. She paid for the hotel room to also recover from the butt lift in Miami. Wow. So, she was charged for forging five checks in the amount of $10,000 as well. Um, so, she's going to jail. As it turned out, mm-hmm. this is the really stupid part about the news... The same company, mm-hmm. um, I guess they fired the person who used to be in her job. Mm-hmm. So the person who was once in her role as the company's bookkeeper also pled guilty to embezzling more than $150,000 between 2016. and. T- so I feel like the company needs to fix that. Right. They're making it a little too they, easy. Yeah, they're making it a little too easy <laughs> for their bookkeeper. Got to get got. Like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys dang. are getting got. Oh yeah, uh, they definitely getting over on you. All right, so that was our um, not so fake, really weird news segment, right? Um, hey, hey. <laughs> so um. We have actress, host, producer, Shumaria Harris joining us for those of you tuning in. Now, you were born, as you said, raised in Montgomery, Alabama. Yep. um, Home of the early civil rights movement. Of course. Uh, African-Americans in Montgomery (laughs) nurtured, pretty much nurtured the modern, you know, the modern civil rights movement. Of course. Um, They were asking for the right to vote participate in politics to use public places mm-hmm. you know without segregation obviously the end of right. segregation right um and a whole bunch of mess messy jim crow laws right um is that something that makes you feel proud it is it yeah. definitely is and i didn't really think about it until i actually moved away from home yes that my me my brother was it also I feel like it was also the start of the whole bus movement right the, the yeah uh, the Montgomery bus boycott that yes, was my hometown right. and it, it's crazy because you know how most people are like oh yeah well, my great grandmama and my great great grandmama did this or that was a part of this like no it's not just my grandmother like my aunts my uncles yes. all of them lived that like that was yes. their era it's so crazy it so, wasn't that long ago right and like me my brother my first cousins we're like the first generation in my family to grow up outside of segregation yeah and i mean i ain't that old you know what i mean so that's is that is it's it's crazy um so now you so much about your history but you started writing at an early age singing hello okay acting since you were a child uh you went to alabama state university where you uh obtained your ba i do in the theater yes in the the theater darling yes the theater. Uh, you eventually <laughs> made your way to New York. Uh, you went to the Conservatory for Dramatic Arts. Yes. Where you studied film acting. Yeah. Which we know um, people don't really always understand that in theater you're kind of big. Yeah. Big acting. Yeah. It's, it's a difference. It's difference a difference for film and television mm-hmm. because you don't need 
to do a bigger performance for the people in the back. Right. We can right. see everything. Mm-hmm. Especially right. in high def, okay. 4K, <laughs> everything, <honey>. everything. <laughs> the, yeah, the difference between like yeah. theater and film, like in film, the camera's right there, you got the mic right there, so mm-hmm. the audience is right there is more intimate. But yes. in theater, like you have an audience, a room full of people who are there in the moment. So you only get one time; it's one take. It's now. That's it. That's it. That you, it, you mess up. Or you up, have to hey, you wait gotta... for the next showing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there is no stop, pause, wait. I've play, heard like a professional theater mm-hmm. actors and actresses who have walked onto the stage and just blank. Yeah. But somehow it came to them. Right. Yeah, I've been in theater like right. what's my next you just you just go with it and <laughs> Right. I was um in undergrad as a matter of fact, we did a production of West Side Story. Love it. And I was Maria. Okay. Yes. But um it, Listen, it, it, you look like plenty of Puerto Ricans I know. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Hola. <laughs> but um it was an instance where, you know, towards the end, um, um, and Maria grabs a gun from Chino. Yeah. And like, they had a real gun, but like it had no bullets or anything in the clip. That's scary. But they so. didn't want to separate the clip from the gun or whatever. And I was like, yo, just hold it until I get off stage. They was like, nah, we don't want to say, you know, risk losing it or whatever. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever. So sure enough, I, I grabbed love it. the gun. It sounded like it was a black production. You know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we got to give you a gun. <laughs> but I, I go, I grabbed the gun from Chino. Yes. And like true enough, like the release for the clip, like was like on the side where I snatched the gun from him, and yes. the clip falls it, out on stage. It happens, and I'm just you like just... seriously, and I'm just saying my lines, and I just look down at the clip, and I'm just like, how many bullets are left, Cappuccino? And like that was literally, literally like the my line, line, and I reached no. down and grabbed the clip and put it back in the gun, and the audience went up because yeah. it was like Maria got gangster. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yo, hey. Show must go on. I can't just Regardless, sit here and pretend so like now, it didn't fall. Obviously, your training prepares you to also be in the moment. Oh, definitely. You don't get freaked out. You just be in the moment. Right. You're you're there to convey and make us believe right. that this is happening in real time. Exactly. So things happen in real time. Exactly. Exactly. Um, testament to your professionalism. Now, thank you. Um, you always knew you had a gift for the performing arts, obviously, and you dedicated your life to perfecting your craft. Yes. Tell us about your voiceover teacher. You say, I mean, you always knew you had this gift, but you kind of got a little confirmation or a little nudge from one of your voiceover teachers. Tell us about that real quick. Right. Well, I was, we were finishing up class and everyone was leaving. And my, my voiceover teacher, she, she said, hey, Shamiri, uh, you got a second? And um, I was like, yeah. So um, once everybody left, she was like, um, I just wanted to tell you, she was like, don't give up on this because yes. you're really good. Yes. She was like, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult, but don't give up. She was like, because you, you were really good yes. and you really had it. And it's amazing because like she was blind. Yes. Like she was blind. That's amazing. And I was like, wow. If a blind woman could see that. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. you touched really her. Really have I mean, it's, yeah. Yes. It's, yeah. And, you, and the road definitely has been difficult, but I haven't given up. Yes. I feel like the only thing a blind person ever told me was, get out of the way, you <laughs> ugly bitch. Like, okay, fine. <laughs> Let me move. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. But that's, that is... 
amazing that you get to you obviously know you can touch people and who who maybe have lost one sense but obviously they have other senses that are heightened right and and that is your job to move people whether it it's funny or mm. dramatic mm. um do you have a preference um i've seen you in a dramatic role and 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 i know you were in a video recently yeah that i saw that, and and yep. and i saw the original clip of you you showed the whole thing of you really mm-hmm. going in and crying great <sighs> some video sessions I can't breathe. That's our single. I can't breathe, and the video is out now, which talks about and addresses. Mm-hmm. It's it's the whole plight of the black mother yeah. who sends her black son out into the world, and right. you never know mm-hmm. if he's going to make it home safe. Right. And this particular story had to do with you know against the boys in blue. Right. Uh, right. Rest in peace to the uh, very talented uh, Nipsey Hussle. Right, right. Who, as we know, growing up in the hood, black and black, black on black crime is still a problem as well. Yeah. Um, I know we have a lot to pack into this interview, okay. by the way, but we're going to get there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now, tell us a little bit about... Um, well, first of all, I want to stop there. It just wasn't planned, but we mm-hmm. brought it up. How does it affect you personally, being a black actress, that you have to tell these very real black stories? I mean, do you feel like it is your? Do you feel honored that you get to do it? Do you feel like it's a, a, your responsibility? How does it make you feel that you get to do that? I do feel I feel honored, and I do feel like it is a responsibility. Because racism is it's a reality for us. And um, you know, it's self-hatred as well, by the way, guys. Yeah, some of it is that too. Um then mm. you know, it's it's amazing because, you know, I've I've gotten the honor of getting to know a lot of different people of a lot of different races and um for a lot of my white friends, like they live in a totally different reality. Yeah. And it's yes. like something that a lot of them don't understand. Like some of them, they they know, they understand. Like you know, racism it's, exists. It's, it has to like, be. It has to be a concerted effort to right, right, because they right. don't understand. So they right. have to make it their business to want to know, to want to right. understand. Right. But for most, and I've had this conversation with some people just and they're okay with being ignorant to it right and, and I know a lot of people feel like oh why does everything have to be about race well uh, that's not how I feel well why does everything have to be about race because that's the reality for people of color yeah you have to always be aware of your surroundings because you I'm have lines, to be I'm aware not, of your color I'm not welcome everywhere it's crazy you yes, know what I mean yes. and yeah a lot of times like, if I don't uh, get afforded a certain opportunity or something like that you get like that yeah sometimes it, uh, it is my skin color yeah and i mean that the it's just it's a reality yeah um, yeah you know? we were just watching what is that sh- uh, with with daniel radcliffe the new show miracle workers oh, yeah. limited series i don't know if they're gonna do it uh steve buscemi but that is one of the most on television right now just diverse cast oh wow more i mean everyone's in it you name it black white Asian and yeah. it doesn't matter they're dating their mother and father their children are all colors and you don't have to question it right yeah so 
I, I guess times are. Ch- we went to Frozen. Oh, the dad yeah. was black. Um, Sven was black. Oh wow! <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, it was very mixed. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's different when you go to. I guess when you go to see Aladdin, mm-hmm. and when you go to see Lion King, you expect to see maybe people of a certain color, right? And I guess people thought of that as Frozen, but no, you get to mix it up because it's still it doesn't change the story. Exactly. Exactly. It's the same. It doesn't story. matter what the skin color doesn't change the story. Right. Um, so now, um, which must be a, 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 um, an encouraging thing as an actress of color mm-hmm. who loves theater as well. Oh, definitely. It, it gives you hope because you see that the doors of opportunity are opening for us. Yes. Because it, it's no longer a dream. It's, yes. it's a, a reality as possible. Yes, you know, it, and every, it gives everything is possible. Right. Something you posted on your Instagram because you love sharing positive affirmations. Of course, of course. I can't remember who said it. It has to be uh, uh, obviously someone legendary status, but it was like um, even in the word impossible is I'm possible. Oh, Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn. Yes, she said um, um, the word impossible um, says I'm possible. So now you write and produce. Um, your own television series, Hashtag Actors Life. Mm-hmm. Tell us, what's that about? Well, Hashtag Actors Life, it is a, a show about um, the hustle and bustle of the business, like the grind. Mm-hmm. And in the show, within the show, I have um, sketches, you know, just different scenarios of personal experiences and experiences of some of my fellow yes. actor friends. And I have, I do interviews with um, actors at, at different levels stages, of the, yes. but yeah and the and the thing is even though but like working working actors right, and actresses, they're all yes. working and but even though you know um everybody's journey is different but yes. yet we our experiences are similar yes and that's where that's the common important. ground is yeah yes. and it's, it's important for people to hear that because you don't feel like you're alone right and, and so so now you speak and meet with mm-hmm. a lot of different professionals, mm-hmm. professional actors. What's the collective census in terms of what advice to give to aspiring performers? Whew. Uh, don't take it personally. All right. Don't take it personally. It's Type, all It's business. always under... I think you have to understand how typecasting works first. Right, right. And then you don't... And then you can just let everything else go. Exactly. Just show up. Exactly. Just be there. Right. You got to be in it to win it. Go to the audition mm-hmm. just exactly. to go and be seen. Right. A lot of times they just want to see you again. Right. Right. It's they. It's the saying. That says, Maybe not for this the, role. Right. right. They, it's the saying. Don't book the job. The job. Book the room. Because ah. like even if it's there's so many different People variables that go into. Yeah. It's so many different variables that go into the casting process and that are beyond your control. So yes. just go in there, give it what you got. And so many auditions I've gone into and gotten called back for a different role. Right, right. Because they like right. my performance, like the first time they called me in. Yeah. It was like, okay, well, we're not going to give her that, but I want to see her for this. Bring her in for this. You know yes. what I mean? So, I mean, and that's how it works. Yeah. So now, um, and you talk about this, but now why is it important then for you? Mm-hmm. To not only share this platform, but to share with others your wealth of knowledge about the insides and outs of the business. Obviously, you stated so that others know they're not alone. Right. But was that... What does it mean for you? Well, the whole idea 
for the show I came from a, a group of actor friends and I met up at a Starbucks and we were actually meeting up to create a show and we ended up getting into conversations about just different experiences like where we were and you know uh, just some of the ups and downs of the business and we all discovered that like I said, even though our journeys have been different, our experiences are similar. Yes. And it's just, it's comforting to know that it's like, okay, I'm not the only one that's experienced yes. it. I'm because not the only one. we don't always have, and, and it's okay, mm-hmm. family and friends who live pragmatic, practical lives right. who understand the process. Yes. Yes. And sometimes look at us like, you crazy. Why do right. you want to do this to yourself? It make you feel like you crazy. Don't, don't like, you like money? Right. Don't you like it? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yes, I will I will wait for my thousand dollar paychecks every now and again. I'll take it. Okay. And I'll take it too. I know it's far in between <laughs> or whatever, but Right. And another another thing too, a lot of people I feel like get into this business with the mindset or the illusion that oh it's all glitz and glamour and it's not. It's not for us. It's We're not. here to work. Right. We right. just want to work. So we just want to be happy. Right. So many people give up or so many people leave the business because it's not what they thought. Oh. So Snoop Dogg shared something about and it's something that uh uh Nipsey Hussle had shared. And I'm trying to remember what it was. A lot of, um, I guess people don't recognize that you have to be, I'm just paraphrasing here, but you have to be in it for the long haul and people think you can get there fast. So I think the, the, I don't remember the premise, Mm -hmm. but the bottom line was a lot of people are going fast, are going nowhere really fast. Exactly. Because they expect it to just be overnight instant right instantaneous right i mean the content we work on even the content we work on and what we produce maybe audiences can get instantaneously right but the right. the but the pre-production the process? the process the 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 writing of the script the casting the scouting of the locations right. the right. recasting the okay. <laughs> booking of the backgrounds and you know whatever it is and and we and as you know as a writer even mm-hmm. the script itself is living and breathing right. it changes in film day shooting day and right and whatever that may about, be like, technical difficulties like technical all the difficulties that go wrong in the process, this camera's like, not working now we're gonna reshoot with this other camera right. hey you thought we had martini shot lies we're gonna do it again okay <laughs> so, um, but yes, obviously the as performers and professionals in entertainment mm-hmm. and whatever, whatever anyone does, mm-hmm. our job is to always make it look easy. Right. And I guess that's what people forget. Right. They see the right. end product. Exactly. That's the glitz. Exactly. We make it look shiny. Right. Um, that was enough of my spiel. So um, but yes, so I guess part of that conversation then leads to you're not just a working actress mm-hmm. waiting around right. for, for the next audition or waiting around for that next gig. Mm-hmm. You are, you know, putting together your own I creation. So let's, which leads us to sex tea ladies. Yeah, well, sex tea ladies isn't my 
uh, personal web series. Right. I didn't create it, but I was well, I cast as the lead. Right. So I am um, lead performer, lead actress yes. in it. And um, it's it's a, a great series. It's about four friends. Mm-hmm. And um, I play a, a radio host. Jeannie. Jeannie, yes. I have a, a sex podcast where I discuss, you know, different topics of sex. And I have people call in and um, or they send video messages and they ask for advice. Yes. And I give them, you know, my, my advice. And, yes. And, and and of course, you're, you are with a group of friends. There's Lena, Elaine, and Joy, all different women of color yes um all hues of the rainbow uh yes <laughs> so yes yeah, so obviously so you work on hashtag actors life you work on your own show mm-hmm. um but how did you get involved with this project exactly then how did you get the lead well it's funny because i i submitted for another project that this director had okay and um Under- oh, shout out to the nicole Gaines. Um, she also has a play it's called Heritage and it's actually doing really well but um, she ended up not needing me for that project but she emailed me and asked me to send her a video uh, audition and I did I submitted for it and she was like hey you know I I loved your audition would you you know um, like to take on this role and I was like yeah sure yeah yeah so the the series again about four independent ladies Mm -hmm. Um, obviously you play the main character who has a sex podcast but then yes. all these ladies journeys center around their sexual freedom yes um yes. how has the reception been so far right because what episode are we on now episode three episode we're up three. to three it's, it's been really good so far um I haven't gotten any kind of backlash from it we haven't gotten any backlash or anything so that's good <laughs> <laughs> but it, it does explore women being more sexually free. And when I say sex, sexually free, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go from person to person. It just means being more comfortable comfortable with your sexuality. Yes. And um, being more open to, to having sex. I feel like society makes it seem as though like women are supposed to be so reserved. and, and But whereas men can be just reckless. Yes. It's okay. Yes. It's acceptable. And that's it's just not cool. Yeah. And 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 now when we even bring it in because in speaking to other black women mm-hmm. when we talk about women of color mm-hmm. um which include women of all shades, yes. of all cultures, mm-hmm. which the show does. Right. However, some black women can feel excluded mm-hmm. from that term. It's right. black women and then other women and of then color. other women, yeah. Um, I mean, how is this something that's important to you to be involved in a project that not just doesn't it doesn't exclude black women, right? But it does include women, literally of all colors, right? Well, here's the thing: even if I wasn't a black woman, there are certain issues that I would face in society as a woman because I'm a woman. Yes. So, it, and you know, I know every every ethnicity has their their battles, and I hate to say that oh, you know, black women's battles are like more important than the other, but it's just it, it's it is a little bit more difficult being a black woman than it is being sure. a woman of it's any society. other, yeah, yeah, of any other ethnicity. I mean, it just 
you know, a lot of times we are looked over, we are disrespected, we are disregarded, and unheard. Right. And if I get angry, and here's Disre- the thing that kills yeah, me yeah, if yeah. I get angry and I have about anything and I have a right, a legitimate right to be angry, oh, she's just an angry black woman. Them labor the angry yes, black woman. Yes. Like, well, uh, yeah, I, I do have a right to be angry. Yeah. You know, um, so it's, it's that type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Don't. <laughs> right. So like, you know, sometimes women of other races can get upset or they can, you know, um, be hurt or whatever. And people are empathetic to it. Whereas to a, a black woman, oh, uh, ain't you a strong black woman? Oh, right. uh, you know what I mean? Oh, oh, she's just angry. You know, yeah. uh, they check it up to that. And um, that I just I can't stand. Yes. But at the same time, like, yeah, if I'm if I'm mad, yeah, I got a right to be angry. Yeah, that's. That's um, a lot of the narrative Mm -hmm. in terms of a black woman versus women of other color. It's not, if it's not being ignored or unheard, Mm -hmm. it's, it's be your presence being exaggerated. It's like one or the other, right? Right. And you can't just be. (laughs) You have to be mindful. You always have to be mindful. Exactly. Like, oh, it's a lot of work. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) now one subject your character uh genie Mm -hmm. covers in the pilot Mm -hmm. sex toys bds bdsm yes (laughs) okay so now i want to back it up okay because black women Mm -hmm. in the history Mm -hmm. of the world but we're gonna just talk about here in the united states Mm -hmm. Um, have a history of being hypersexualized. Right. Right. So you have white slave owners who mm-hmm. used voluptuous black women for their own sexual exploits. Right. Um, and of course, to populate, to continue populating the plantation. Right. Um, and even white men who look at black women as a novelty, a fetish. Right. Right. And then you have black men. Mm-hmm. Who have used black women to twerk on top of cars? Yeah, um, in videos, um, sex pots, you know, pouring champagne down her ass. Yeah. How does sex tea ladies combat mm-hmm. some of these negative stereotypes about the sexualization of, or the hypersexualization of black women? Mm-hmm. Because it's not about being hypersexualized right. in sex tea ladies. Mm-hmm. It's about a black woman owning her own sexuality. Exactly. That's the difference. A woman coming from a position of power as opposed to a, a position of being submissive or like being someone else's second, idea. Yeah. Of or like being second class or objectified because a lot of times um, hip hop culture particularly objectifies women. Um, even back in history, you know, we were just objects. You know, yeah. so um, a lot of that is is that's the difference between. And we were conditioned to look at ourselves like that right, too, right? right? It's just a consequence mm-hmm. of other people telling you you and your women are not worthy to be anything more than this, and then right. it manifested into now we just don't look at each other with value, right? I feel right. like there's a shift going on. However, right. mm-hmm. and that's see what and. It, Another thing too about sex, and and this is something I grew to to discover like when I once I got to be an adult, sex is natural. Okay. Yes. Everybody hey. gets horny. Okay. It's hey. a natural thing, you know? And everything, every living organism in in the universe 
um, engages in intercourse in some shape, form or fashion. And whether it be for recreation or procreation or for both, it everything engages in sex. So there's nothing there's nothing wrong about that. You know, yes. it, it is a natural thing. So why are we So let's let's go there, right? Because right. we when we think never mind a woman, right? Because mm-hmm. I I I feel like okay, if you're a comedian, people get it, you can talk about sex. Right. And 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 what's her name? Dr. Ruth or whoever you oh. are. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. Never mind a woman, but rarely do we hear or we have this conversation about sex from a black woman's mm-hmm. point of view. And I know there's different women in the show. However, your character mm-hmm. is a black woman. Right. Um, what is what is that then? I mean, mm-hmm. is there a difference? I mean, I, I we're, yes, a woman's point of view of sex altogether is different mm-hmm. than a man's because... The other part of that is um, you're also having to control mm-hmm. um, control whether you're whether it's going to be sex mm-hmm. or you know are are, are, are we going to create another human being? What's right. going to happen? Right. What could happen? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to worry about STIs, STDs. Yeah, you know, I I I'm I'm. You know, you have black women who, unfortunately, for whatever reason, again, we just another black woman, another mother yeah. who lost a husband, you know, yeah. and, and eventually she's going to be out there on her own. And, and we ain't rushing you, by the way. You're right. But for whatever reason, she might find herself um, wanting to experiment again. She has needs. She has right. children. Right. So how does that differ then from, I guess, from your point of view? Um, sex. Sex itself. Um, well, first of all, I don't think sex is a bad thing. Like, you right. know, growing up in, you know, the the Bible belt, so to speak. Right. Okay. Oh, my God. That would be your like, point They of view. make That's it seem asking. like yes. sex is like, oh, my God. Like, no, it's only for husband and wife. And it's da, 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 da. and like they criminalize it so much that what ends up happening is even when a woman gets married, a lot of times they have issues in the bedroom because of the yes. ideals that have been put in her sure. head. You know, about sex. So it's kind of like she just. And then he ends up cheating with someone who's a little more free. Yeah, who's a lot more free. You know what I mean? Hoochie, hoochie. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So you don't have to sleep necessarily with your husband with the Bible under the bed. Right, exactly. You can sleep with a dildo under the pillow. Exactly, exactly. Be out here, you know, get in the bedroom being all holy. Your husband gonna go outside of my house. You know what I'm saying? So. (laughs) God is not going to judge you. If after church service is done, you drop the kids off okay. at Nana's house. Right. And you guys get it on in and, the car. And here's the thing. Like, for the life of me, it's crazy because I think guys, it's like guys don't understand that women get horny too. Like, yes. yeah, we have needs too. And like, say if I want to do a one night stand or something like that. Hey, I got my rocks off. Thank you. Good, good evening. You know what I'm saying? Do you feel in this age of women speaking as loudly as they can mm-hmm. about being inappropriately pursued by men mm-hmm. that men now have to 
wait though until I mean, obviously it should be a balance. Right. Right? Right. But there is a such thing as coming on too strong. But do we think of a woman as coming on too strong? <laughs> well, it depends. It depends on the approach. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of guys, they have in their mind is subconscious like a woman's uh, an object she is to be conquered so to speak so his approach and, and how she's he looking pursues at you like, no, her girl. is is in the it, as if she is an object yeah. or she is something to be conquered you know yeah. what i mean and and that's the difference like you know if a woman says no thank you i'm good yeah you know don't be on it all on it like all thirsty because some guys be like oh dang babe you know what I'm saying (laughs) you looking good in them jeans like "Eh." it's a turn off still relax right like yo chill I don't know you yet okay like yeah hey all right. calm down with the cat callings come up to me respectfully okay and then we'll see right exactly yeah so I'm not asking you to pretend like you like my shoes right but you could compliment my hair my smile thank you thank you and like, you see me batting my eyes, right? <laughs> so, um, I know in the series, Jeannie is slut-shamed by her nana early on, Thank so you. to speak. Okay, yeah. She you. sets up, like, she gives her granddaughter her own goal at sex. Like, you can't reach this mark. Right. Well, I think it's more of... Are women counting? Some women do. <laughs> Some don't. Um... And then are they using this as a basis for their for being a slut or not? There's like this magical number that if you cross it, you're a slut. So some women do use it. Okay, okay, I'm not gonna go over this many, you know. And I think for Jeannie's grandmother, it's more of she knows that Jeannie has a sexual nature. Like she's she's gonna be a little bit sexually free. Like she can already see it. So she's like, you know, just to kind of tame that or, you know, reel it in a little bit. Like, all right, have your fun, but like once you get up to this this number. All right, it's time to stop playing. Yes. And settle down. Yes. So that's more of what it is. It's more of um just just kind of taming it, so to speak. Yes. So she won't be out there like, you know, just wowing too hard. <laughs> <laughs> but I like grandmothers who are like that, who are just, just honest instead of just, you know. Now, when I think of sexy ladies, mm-hmm. you know, you can easily think of sex in a city. Mm-hmm. And girlfriends. Yeah. What is the difference between this show, do you think? Or th- the I, web series? I think for this one, of course, it's it's more of um, an open conversation, like more inviting um, other women to have a say or to express their concerns. And, um, so, and it, so it doesn't just involve... Mm-hmm. The friend sex lives. It's open mm-hmm. to other women being having their voice or another from another type of perspective, right? Outside of these four friends, right? Exactly. Because that's the show within the show. That's exactly. what it's based on. Exactly. Because you know, women do have concerns about sex. It, women, <laughs> we have questions and everything too. Like you know, we we have our our curiosity with it, yeah. and um, it's nice to be able to to have that discussion. Yeah, because you know, like I said, it always goes back to this this perception that you know a woman can't be um, like sexually open. Like we have to be like very reserved when it comes to sex. So a lot of women they may have questions, but they're afraid to ask because they're afraid to be judged. Yes. And, and um, which I'm assuming would be the ultimate takeaway for audiences. Right. right. At least female audiences. Exactly. Well, what do we... I mean, men are a big part of the show. Yeah. 
right? Yes, they are. A black man who love black women, mm-hmm. men of color who love women of color, and and vice versa. Um, what 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 can men get from the series? Well, men, if they listen, they can. <laughs> That's a little hard, <laughs> right? They can actually learn about um, a woman's needs, like what we we like, what we desire. Yes, and you know, if you focus your energy in pleasing your your partner, trust me, the energy is going to come back to you. You're, you in turn will get more pleasure. Yes, you know, by putting the effort forth into pleasing your partner. Yes. It's you know? a compromise. Both right. have to you be give open. To get, you know? Both have to be open to exploring together and whatever the other one has to bring to the table. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Without, I mean, it's hard though. It's hard because we talk about condition earlier. Right. Sometimes we're conditioned, like you mentioned earlier, we're conditioned by family, we're conditioned by society, we're conditioned by religion, whatever it may be. Exactly. Exactly. You know what? I just thought about something. Yes. And um, I don't know, maybe like your listeners could like write in or like, you know, send their their opinions or whatever to you. And you I know. thought about that, but, um, opening that up. But nobody wants nobody wants my advice. No, because <laughs> no, it's a question I have. Like, um, it's like I, we were saying earlier, like everything for people of color is like it's about race. And but. Um, I have friends like um, who are, are of Indian descent, friends with yes. Mexican descent, and like the men who they only uh, date yes. within their race. Yes, but it's not frowned upon. Whereas if a black man or a black woman decides to date outside their race, or they say, "Well, you know, oh no," or better, if they say, "I only date black women," I only date black men. Yeah, it's kind of like, "Oh my God, that's racist." Yeah. Well, why is it racist for us, but it's not racist for them? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think the perception perspective is like crazy in it. For them, it's more of a, it's, I guess it's acceptable because it's culture. You know it's what I mean? culture. But I don't know. Like, like, I was born and raised in New York City and, mm-hmm. and, and just being Puerto Rican. <laughs> My God, we just, I guess in the Puerto Rican culture, it's just like every. You bring someone Asian home, you bring someone black home, you bring mm-hmm. someone white home, mm-hmm. it's still a Puerto Rican party. Right. Okay. I didn't grow up with the, with, it can just be this or that. Right, right. I have though, you know, I have people I love and and, mm-hmm. and, and even within the family who may be black, I have Indian, you know, we have Muslims, we have whatever it is, who do have maybe some limitations culturally or whatever mm-hmm. that was. Um, but I have found that that sheds limitations shed away mm-hmm. dependent upon how open your your experiences are, right? Because we have mm-hmm. our own experiences. You are open because your experience allows you to be amongst people of all different types. Right, right. But I do think whether it's Puerto Rican or Black or Caucasian or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we are uncomfortable with getting out of our own bubble. Right. Exactly. So we don't exactly. see that, yes, it, it, it is racist <laughs> at the end of the day. Maybe not right. Okay. If it's not racist, mm-hmm. subtly, mm-hmm. maybe it's colorism, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Right. But when you start 
defining. And I know people say, but oh, it's a preference. It's a taste. I don't know. I get it. Right. But I love men of all different shapes and sizes and colors. Okay. And me too. And women. Women are beautiful. Right. Exactly. Right. Beauty is beauty. Exactly. Inside and out. Exactly. Ugly is ugly. And I can't really attest to that because like some of the dudes I've dated, you be like, girl. Girl, what would you think? But, but it, 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 he smells good. So <laughs> right, right. Oh, you got a winning personality, honey. Yes. <laughs> and look, it looks like this. I'm gonna draw it for you. So, um, <laughs> um, let's talk about that, right? Because you had. You know, not just a strong black woman in your life, your mother. You had a strong black father. Mm-hmm. Um, the late Master Sergeant William Nelson Harris. Yes. Uh, how influential was? Would you say your father was in your career, in your success? Oh God, my dad played a huge role, huge role because he was um, he was very active in my life. Yes, and he set an example of manhood and um, what I mean by that is like you know he worked and um, like my dad bought me a car Um, even though I like I paid the car note like um, still you know it was just the fact that yes and um, I noticed there's a difference between women who grow up with their fathers and women who grow out grow up without their fathers it's like women who grow out without a father they're always looking for that father figure, it's a void to it, fill. right? There, it's a void that they're always looking. So to they fill. go to therapy. They should to therapize that yeah. and understand it. Yeah, but like, um, thankfully, does, does I, that then? And, and obviously, your father passed away. Mm-hmm. Can we ask how? Um, he had a massive heart attack. Wow! Just randomly, like, oop, took him right yeah. out. Was it random, or was did he work? Um, did he work like really, really, really hard, like? Like, Daddy, relax a little bit. <laughs> no, because he was at a point where, like, he had just retired from the military. Wow. And he had, like, three years to go, and he would retire from um, his his regular day job. And um, and it's funny because, like, my dad will always say, well, when I retire, I'm going to. When I'm retired, I'm going to. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm going to take a trip here. I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And he never got a chance to do that. Yeah. So and I think for me, this is that a lesson for you? Don't wait for retirement. Yeah. 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 Don't wait. Like this year, I'm going to take a trip for the first time outside the United States. Like, I want to try. Okay. You know? Yes. So, um, you you know, just travel and see the world. Like, I I love learning about all the cultures. And I think that's the thing I appreciate about New York. It's so diverse. Yeah. Yes. That's right. But now, you, you know, go everywhere else. Right. Let's talk about being a black actress in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in writer, director, and producer Jordan Peele's new hit horror mm-hmm. film, Us. Right. The standout star is Lupita. Yes. Nyong'o. Uh, they're saying her performance actually anchors the whole film. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're in a time where black women in Hollywood are more celebrated. Mm-hmm. Not that they weren't always, but... Just more so now, we think of Angela Bassett, obviously Lupita, Viola mm-hmm. Davis, Regina King, and 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 writers, directors, Ava DuVernay, Shonda Rhimes, right, all up in it. Okay, how does it feel 
to be a black actress in a time where black actress black actresses are now more or, or given that platform to be front and center in Hollywood rather than just on the sidelines or just used as a small piece to tell a larger story. Right. Um, I I feel like now is like the greatest time to be in, be a black actress in Hollywood or to be in film and television altogether because the opportunities are there. And the only frustrating thing is like when you still, it's still kind of difficult to get to those opportunities. But... Um, nonetheless, the opportunities are there. Yes, and I feel like we're in a content re- revolution where it's like just an outpour it's not of content, just, and it's not just black women's stories. It's black women's stories being told by black, black women. women, right? Right, because you know the the um, the perspective is key. Yes, you know um, because I our it's, it's funny how our our ideals or our perception of ourselves is shaped by people of other races and that's it's crazy because like when we look within it's like well no actually the perspective is this right and and we're being we're afforded opportunities to do that to show yes. that our perspective now yes. and i think it's great i think it's awesome it's amazing so you recently started stand up as a new yeah! Yes, I did, darling. You had a performance at Caroline's. Yes. Tell us about that. How, what made you take the leap? I mean, it's such a solo act. You it know, is. you stand up by yourself. You worked yes. hard on these jokes. I did. These setups, these punchlines. Yes. Excuse me. I just burped. It's, uh, it was an amazing experience and incredibly liberating as an artist to actually get on stage and to to perform stand up. It's part of telling your own story too. It it's, is. It's, it's but not see, waiting for Right. But here's the thing about stand up. Um, you know, I've done theater, I've done, you know, live performances before and, you know, that's great. But stand up is different in the sense that you're getting up on stage with the intention of being funny. So yes. the audience is expecting you to make them laugh. Yes. When you get on stage in a play or something like that, like even if it's not funny, like they'll still be entertained. But when you're on stage and stand up, hey, okay, it's like yeah. And if they're they're not being entertained, they're not laughing. They're gonna their attention is either gonna go elsewhere or they're going to make fun of you. So it's 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 a lot of pressure, but at the same time, to get up there and to do it, it's like wow. And it's funny in 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 the stand up world, the ultimate goal eventually you do learn how to not worry about being funny. That's the way you get. Yeah, right. I don't care. I don't know. Right. You're just going to like it. And people right. respond to that. Exactly. And I think the main thing is it taught me a lot. It taught me as an artist what my true gift is. My true gift, because I've done from, you know, theater, acting, writing, producing, and um, you can even say kind of being a, a, little bit, a little bit of a journalist through um, my show Actors Life. The through line in all of that is, is telling a story. Like my gift Yes. It's telling a story. Yes. I'm a storyteller. Yeah. And there's always, which is a type of, of act. well, a lot, I guess storytelling has become really big in comedy and stand up anyway. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, because there are just joke tellers and there are storytellers, mm-hmm. right? right? And then there's a mix and a combination. Right. Um, right. But even with, even if it's just a joke teller, even in jokes, mm-hmm. there's a beginning, middle, middle and, and end. end. Exactly. 
Um, and obviously that's something you understand already. Right, right. So oh. what pushed you though into, the, what pushed you, catapulted you to want to take that leap? Well, I've, I, all the training I've had up to this point has been just in dramatic acting. And um, I know I have a sense of humor and, you know, I'm silly, but I wanted to really try my luck at comedy and develop that. So that's what I've been working on now, like just developing my comedic yes. chops. So we don't have much time, but I want to ask your opinion because why not? I have too much. I have too many notes here. So I'm right. going to go over this real quickly. Um, since we're on comedy, uh, Monique mm-hmm. recently blackballed in the last few years and ostracized and gotten flack mm-hmm. for what she says is she simply was saying no to powerful people, which were Tyler Perry, Oprah Winfrey, and Lee Daniels. She did not want to promote Precious mm-hmm. without more money. Right. Is this, are we, are you, ex- now I know, okay, for some people, you're expected to just go out promote you don't need extra money right the oh. movie was made you got paid what you were paid right but can't are you not still free to say no when you feel like maybe i deserve something for this you should be able to say no but monique's whole thing was number one they didn't pay her righteously the amount that she should have gotten paid she took like uh after a, after all right. of the, the reviews came in she mm-hmm. felt like well maybe we can tack on some more to right but well, number one she kind of did it as a favor to lee daniels and sure. she took you know the the rate that she paid she yeah. got paid yeah. and then um so it's like not only do you want to underpay me and you don't want to give me okay now the movie's done well you have the money you don't want to give me anything extra okay well i feel like you want me to put out yes. extra and i feel like everybody compared it oh well but look at the other major people who were in it like Mariah Carey didn't ask for anything but mm-hmm. but she didn't carry the movie she, she didn't was, care right she right. didn't carry the movie but she didn't have to care either right she was just there if a white actress would have gotten that role she would have gotten paid like millions of dollars for that whereas Monique took like fifty thousand dollars yeah and that's in in Hollywood but are we are we okay to say in hindsight look I feel like I deserve more why can't we say no you're right Right. Um, okay. So then, of course, later on, of course, she went on to win uh, Best Supporting Actress Oscar. Um, but then she went on to boycott Netflix because she felt like Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle were offered $20 million. Mm-hmm. Amy Schumer was offered $11 million. And she was offered $500,000. Right. But that wasn't it. She would have to give up all the audio rights, all the video rights. Mm-hmm. She, she wouldn't be able to do any other special for 12 months. Right. They pretty much would own anything. And she wouldn't be able to do the material that she worked on for that right. on stage mm-hmm. while that was a Netflix special. Right. Sorry, we ran out of time. To learn more about Shumaria Harris, please visit hashtag actorslife.com to find out more about Radio Free Brooklyn. Log on to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org And for everything Christopher Albert Visit JunkAndJam.com Thank you I will now self-destruct